We do want to welcome each one of you here, and today we're going to be celebrating servanthood. How many of you like to celebrate? I don't, are you awake this morning? How many of you like to celebrate? Well, we want this service to be a, a service of celebration. You know, this um, past couple of months, we did a lot of celebrating in Canada at the Winter Olympics, and especially when we came to that magic mark of 13 gold medals. And two of those being our uh, women's and our men's hockey team. Just a couple of weeks ago, we did a lot of celebrating as a church we, in our Easter services. We had a meal before each one. And about 1,300 people, or close to 1,400 people were uh, mingling amongst themselves and having the food together and just celebrating the whole aspect of, of Easter. Uh, last uh, weekend was the Cambodian New Year's. And they got together with other Cambodian churches, or really they came together here at Rexdale, and they have churches from Windsor and Newmarket and Hamilton, celebrating not only the Cambodian New Year's, but also the uh, Easter. And just like us, they love to eat as well. We all like to celebrate. In fact, we like to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries, don't we? I found out that there are over 150 people who either have an anniversary or uh, a birthday in April. How many, all those who have birthdays or will be having birthdays in April or anniversaries, I want you to stand. Come on, are you fresh? Thank you so much. You know, it's uh, great to celebrate birthdays and uh, you know, Peter's birthday is today, and the Veals, I believe, are going to have their 15th anniversary coming up at the end of the month. And, you know, we in our family, we love celebrating birthdays as well. In April, we celebrate four birthdays in five days. Our oldest granddaughter, Alina, uh, turned 10 on the 3rd, and the twins, they turned 6 on the, uh, the 5th. Now, why do I bring this up and show my chit's birthdays? Because, you know... <laughs> The twins, as many of you know, were high risk. It was a high risk pregnancy. You prayed for them. We could have lost them. We could have lost our daughter. And you see how healthy they are. They're six years of age, even though they are not even on the scale. Uh, you know, Peyton has uh, just reached 30 pounds, and Taylor's still struggling to get 27. But they're both in school in different classes, and they're ruling their class. And then our daughter, she turned 38 two days after that. Now, I know you don't think Betty and I are old enough to have children that old, and they have a, she has a, do, a brother three years older than that. We just say that they're adopted. <laughs> well, birthdays are so important. Uh, oh, let me just say, you know, Sean and her family, you know, we're in the sun, and they don't look like they really want their pictures taken, do they? But I just want to draw your attention again to you as a church family, and thank you so much for your servanthood in praying for our, our grandson, Ian, who's on the far right. He's 16 now, just got back from a missions trip to um, Costa Rica. He had spherocytosis, totally dependent upon uh, blood transfusions. And you people prayed, and uh, we're just so thankful that he's doing so well. Birthdays are so important that we even have people here that have flown in from Edmonton to celebrate Susan Deering's birthday this last week. So we want to welcome the Belsies from Edmonton. The, the end of this, uh, near the end of this year, in October, we're going to start a whole year of celebration here at Rexdale. Our 50th year of ministry, our year of jubilee. 
And I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and one thing also I failed to mention, and that is on May the 3rd, the University of Toronto is having a celebration of professors that they have given special awards to. And our own Chris Paramella. Chris, stand just for a minute. We're celebrating today. Chris is uh, one of our elders. He's one of our lay pastors. He's involved in very many, a lot of ministries. In fact, on the uh, uh, modules tonight, he's uh, teaching one of those. But uh, he's been again awarded one of the top awards of the University of Toronto Student Ex- uh, Experience Award. Uh, I think that's one of the, And then also in one of the teams that he's leading of one whole division, they're uh, receiving awards. So congratulations. Uh, Chris, on that. We love to celebrate. And today is a day of celebration. I trust that you came today to the service every week that you come to celebrate God's goodness in, in, in your life. As Christ followers and believers in God of all creation, we provide this service so that we can gather together corporately to express ourselves to God as to who He is and all He's done. And I realize but he's, we all need to realize that he's the one that gives us breath to breathe every day. He says that our days are numbered. But they've not ended for you yet, I've noticed, because you're here. And I trust that you're thankful for that. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, before the children of Israel entered into the promised land, Moses was reminding them not to forget um, what God had done for them. See, all the children that were born in the desert, they hadn't experienced all that God had delivered them from and all the miracles that he had uh, made and accomplished in their lives and how he had delivered them. And so he said, do not forget these. We need to celebrate those on a regular basis. In fact, even when he was turning over the reins to Joshua, who was going to lead the Israelites into the promised land, he was saying that be aware, it is God who has delivered you. It is God who provided the crops and the ability to get gain and defeat the enemies. And it's not going to take very long before they're going to enjoy the blessings of the promised land. And they're going to start worshiping other gods and forget the God who had brought them there. And our worship team this morning has led us in songs that express our love to God. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's love? Died He for me. Do you realize that what He's done for us? My chains fell off. My heart was free. He says, the power of your love. Talk about Him living in us. Shout to the Lord. Nothing compares to who He is and all He's done. And sometimes, if you're like me, we're singing far beyond our, the daily experience of our lives. But I think we should just regularly acknowledge that and tell that to God and say, God, what I'm singing is beyond where I am living. But really, this is what I want to be true in my life. And so at this time of the service, we want to go beyond the words and celebrate the life of Christ that's being put into shoe leather in each one of your lives as participating members of Rexdale. And we want to celebrate and honor you who are allowing who you are in Christ to be expressed in what you do because of Him living in through you. You know, I read through the uh, Bible once a year. And so one year I decided, because we have this discussion sometimes, it's more important to be or to do. And so I 
started marking every time, put a little X beside every place we talked about doing. And there are marks all over the place because of who we are is expressed in what we do. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Uh, Let us read this together. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service of worship. See, we worship in and through our bodies. You've come to church today in celebration through your bodies. We live in these bodies. We serve through these bodies. And remember what Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Jesus called himself a servant. You know, so often we get caught up in titles instead of going out and reaching for a towel. And I want you to call me pastor. I want you to call me lead pastor. I want you to call me reverend. I want you to call me teacher, doctor, sir. Not once have I ever had anybody introduce, introduce themselves to me. I am servant Wayne. I am servant Jane. You know, in most cultures, the title servant is on the lower end of the scale of importance. They're the ones that we hire for meager salary to clean the house, to buy the groceries, to cook the meals, to make the beds, to walk the dog and the children. Sometimes even the husband, if he needs it. (laughs) And most of us would rather be served than to serve. And I've expressed that to my children different times. You know, they are so busy lying on the couch watching television. And they say, Dad, would you get me a Coke? Would you get me an ice cream? And what would I say to them? Who was your servant last week? And what was their response? You. You know, I tried this out with my wife a little over a week ago. She contracted the uh, latest flu. How many of you had the flu this winter? How many of you did not get your shot? (laughs) Shame on you. She not only contracted the flu, but she's been trying to recover from this broken arm of hers. And she was not feeling all that well, and so she asked me if I could get her something. Well, I was in the midst of preparation of this message. It was in process. (laughs) And as an obedient husband, I just got up immediately and started going upstairs to get what she was after, but I mumbled just loud enough for her to hear, who was your servant last week? (laughs) No, she was later on that day really under the weather, and I'd even had to give her dinner in bed with all the trimmings of the bowl of soup and the crackers and the yogurt on the side and a glass of uh, orange juice. And, of course, before that, I had already gone to Tim Hortons and got her favorite uh, medium (laughs) double-double. You know, I'm going into the catering business. Do you want to be me for hire? And after her dinner in her private bedroom all by herself, all alone, I entered into that room to pick up things with my towel over my arm and a pump. I got a smile out of her, no tips. (laughs) See, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And is that our attitude? Even when we come to church each week, when we go to work, when we go to our life group, even in our home, 
You know, I have been so pleased and blessed uh, to be part of the executive board of our church under the leadership of Ruby Saw, where the members of that committee down through the years have had a whatever-it-takes attitude. They're busy people. Maybe that is why you elected them. And something comes up that needs to be addressed, and who's going to, to address that? And there's very little silence, and some will say, I'll do that. And what a joy it is to serve with people at Rexdale. And I just, and I just trust that you will express your appreciation to our elected boards who serve you so faithfully. Philippians chapter 2, where the worship team led us as we read it together. It says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ, Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He didn't pull the God card. But it says, he made himself nothing, taking upon himself the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And as we look at the different scriptures in the Bible, especially in the letters that Paul wrote to the different churches, and even as we go to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1, or his letter to Titus, we see Paul introduces himself, I, Paul, that was his name. And then he says, a servant. That was his fundamental identity. My identity as a servant of Jesus Christ. We look in the uh, Old Testament. Moses was called a servant. Joshua was called a servant. I'm sure there are others. In the New Testament, we see here that we have Paul and Jesus calling themselves servants. And what about ourselves? As Christians... We need to accept that fundamental identity to be like Christ, to do my Father's will. My life is not my own. My future is not my own. I do not come before God and demand a certain amount of gifts, but in His sovereignty, He gives me that which He wants in order that He might accomplish His will on earth as it's being done in heaven. And as a Christian and as a Christ follower, or as we have in our mission statement that hangs there on the wall, as authentic worshipers, God by His sovereignty has so wired you and He's so wired me with our desires and our abilities and our gifts and our temperaments and our passions and our education and our experiences that He wants to so come, even as we have sung, to fill us by His Holy Spirit, to flow through us, to carry out His mission on earth. And you know, when we get our egos out of the way and serve Him as the Lord's Prayer says, for your name's sake, and we present our bodies a living sacrifice, then lives are changed and spiritual fruit is produced. And as we read the Scriptures, we notice that the church is called the body of Christ and He uses the physical body as a visual of how the church of Jesus Christ should be operating. The psalmist in Psalm 139 Verse 13 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The body is an amazing creation. 
And when all the parts of our body are functioning, it's, it's wonderful. We can enjoy so much. But when they start malfunctioning or, or shut down completely, or they start signal, sending out signals of great pain and get bent out of shape, we are really not happy campers. And we can't carry out our lifestyle the way we really want to. And my wife Betty has found that out with her severed tenant that she did about four years ago and then this year had to have it uh, re-straightened out. And then in January to have uh, her arm broken. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting verse 12 says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should, foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not therefore cease to be part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that sense, reasons cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wants them to be. Now, sometimes we're not always thankful for the way he's arranged the parts of our body. And we think he could do a better job. He could have had it a little more extension on some of our legs, those of us who are midgets. He could have put a little bit more hair on some of our heads. Or he could have put some padding or less padding in some places than others. He goes on, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lack it. So that there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. And if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And then he makes this statement. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you are part of it. Can I just rewrite that last part? And can we say together, and let's all together, now I am the body of Christ and I am part of it. I want you one more time, a little bit louder. Now I am the body of Christ and I am part of it. Do you really believe that? Today, I trust that you will believe that. You are so important to the body of Christ, the visible body of Christ, and you make this church your home. You are so significant, so important. And that is what we're here to celebrate today, the parts of the body at Rexdale that make up the whole. Now, we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, 13. It tells us why some of the gifts were given to the church. It was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets and some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of what? Service. You know, I think of Pastor Heather 
and the dozens and dozens and dozens of people who are serving under her leadership. And a number of you are part of that. Those who serve under Pastor Sam or under Pastor Stevenson, I go on. What for? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See how important you are? When all the members of the physical body are working properly, there's nothing like it. We're even delighted when the diaper gets filled and we're concerned when it doesn't get filled. And when the members of the body of Christ, the local church, are working right, there's no place like it. And you know, there's no better place than being here. Where we serve a common purpose. We care for one another. Where there's unity. We don't get hurt feelings, but cheer each other on and share in that ministry. And I've found in so many areas of Rexdale, people just love to be here to serve and to serve with one another. And so today we're here to celebrate what the head of the church, Jesus Christ, is doing in and through the members of the body, through you. Celebrating that God gives gifts to his people and celebrating that through by his power, he's made this church to be what it is today. And I trust that you'll give thanks and celebrate the privilege that each one of you has, that he has chosen you not only to live in you, but to live through you. But you know, in God's economy, there's no dead wood. Every one of us are living members that make up the body of Christ as revealed in his church, if we call this our church home. And let me say to some of you who may be still sitting on the bleachers, enjoying the blessing of those who are serving, I want you to get on the team today. This weekend, if you came in, you saw a number of the displays out in the foyer. It would be an opportunity for you to just go out and look and see what the opportunities you might have in order to be part of the team here. No doubt you've heard about the Pareto principle, the 20-80 principle. The common factor is that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people give 80% of the finances. And I don't want to believe that that's true about people here at Rexdale. But let me say also there are times when we need to be on the bleachers for a period of time, just like Jesus went aside to be with the Lord, to be reconnected, be retooled. For what purpose? To get back on the playing field, carrying out and fulfilling God's purpose for each one of our lives. When I was working on this sermon, I'd happened to be with my brother and sister-in-law, and uh, she said, boy, I was uh, up online listening to Andy Stanley. That's Charles Stanley's son, who has a quite a prominent church in, in the southern states. And she said uh, he was talking on that very topic. <clears throat> in fact, he was pretty straight with his congregation. Well, that twigged my attention a little bit, so uh, I found out some direction from her and went online. Here's what Andy said to his congregation. For those of you who have been coming for two years or more and call yourself a Christian and have never been involved, you've heard the needs expressed for service year after year, but it does not move you. You regularly come and sit 
in the same place and don't give in any significant way, but may contribute a little money to the offering when others around you are seeing it as an act of worship and service to God. You enjoy the services of those who get up early in the morning to get ready for the various acts of service, but are still not planning on contributing to the body. You are basically just taking up space. Here's what I would say to you. Every Sunday morning, you have the privilege of just staying home and turning on your television and watching the whole service. We need your seat. Now, there's no one in that congregation that needed the gift of interpretation. And I'm sure if I would ever say those, the elders would give me an early retirement. I don't want you to stay away. I pray that you will go after this service, if you're not already part of the team, and determine to get out of the bleachers and onto the playing field. Experience the joy that there is in serving others. Enjoying the pleasure of seeing God work through you and minister in someone else's life. Helping them in their time of need. Seeing the lights turn on as they turn their lives over to follow after Christ. And uh, in your bulletin today is the latest RAC report. And if you want to read it now, you can do it. Uh, the sermon's that boring. But anyway, the first, the first article, Are You Hiding? Couldn't have a better illustration of someone who's hid in our church, in, up even in the balcony, as it says here, for some time, and now on the playing field and on the ministering team, excited about serving others. And I want to give you a good illustration uh, that should warm your hearts and cause us to praise the Lord and worship Him. And before I begin that illustration, I just want you to listen very carefully because I'm going to be mentioning a number of ministries. I see now a number of you are reading that article. Uh, I'm going to be mentioning a number of, of ministries, and if something I mention twigs in your mind, you know, I do that. I've been involved in that. I just want you to keep that in your memory for a little bit later, okay? There's a man in our church called William who came to this country as a refugee and started attending, came to Rexdale the first in September of last year, 2009. You may have seen his picture on the video last week and Pastor Sam used him as a brief illustration. Well, he was in need of some physical food and so he, came to, uh, he heard from someone who comes to our Living Water Food Pantry that Rexdale is a good place to get food. So William came and he first met a greeter who invited him into the Living Water Pantry and took him to a person like Joe Renier, who is at a computer who registers those who come to the pantry, registers the type of food that they would like to have. And then he passes that sheet into the pantry storage area, where there are two, two to four people that are taking those sheets and filling, taking those items down off the shelf and putting them in the bag so William is able to take home a little bit later. Now, where did those food items come from? Some of you donate regularly money to the neighborhood connection to purchase food. I know my wife does. Many of you, while grocery shopping, will go out and you'll add a few extra cans of, of goodies to your grocery bag. And then on Sunday, I see many of you just 
discreetly, picking those out of your car, bringing them in and putting them in that, those buckets that we have at the entrances, just as an act of your worship unto God to minister to someone who's less fortunate than you are. There are those who show up on Saturday morning early to go to Costco to pick up day-old stuff from that store. And you should have seen what they brought in yesterday. Or those who go to Fortino's and some of those other stores that are helping to supply as people put them in there. Now, are you, some of you registering? Yeah, I've done that. I brought those food items. I contribute. William was invited by one of the helpers to join on the Tuesday noon hour to join them for a hearty, uh, warm meal. And while he was seated waiting for things to happen, behind the scenes were those who were in the kitchen who had purchased some food, who were doing all the cooking, and were cleaning the pots and the pans. And those who were bringing the food to the room where they were going to be eating. And then there were those who were serving. And then there were those what I call floaters who were just going around making sure that the people have sufficient food and have their beverages. And then there's the Bible time that comes when people like Peter Scott opens the word of God and challenges them that if they would put Christ into their lives and put their trust in him, he could add a dimension in their lives. And then afterwards, they feed them um, their dessert. And there are those who clean up. This last Tuesday, they said they served over 100 meals. And this Tuesday also was the week they did the, the hair cutting. And there was one person here at 5 o'clock solidly just doing, doing hair. There were the person or the persons who made some of the announcements about the opportunities that these people could avail themselves of, uh, like the Sunday services in Alpha. And William decided to accept the invitation, so he started attending services. And the first persons he met when he came on the property were the parking lot attendants. And then the greeters. And then the ushers. And then there were those who welcomed him and made him feel important as he came in and sat in this room. And he was able to look at the back of the pew and he saw some cards there that people like the Coes or Madonna Costa come every week. No one else is in here. And they just stuff those in the back of the chairs so that you're able to communicate or during a service you're able to doodle or make paper airplanes, whatever. And he was greeted by the worship team and the band who had spent hours preparing to lead in worship. The team of the sound booth who made sure that the mics and the, and the speakers were in the right place. And the sound and the lighting was balanced. And there was the preaching of the word by a speaker who had prepared for many hours in study and prayer so that the word of God would be able to reach out and touch a person like William. And following the service, there were those members who reached out and spoke a kind word to him and those who were at the welcome desk to guide William over to the kiosk where he could sign up for Alpha or class. And William made the venture, may have adventured even further around the foyer to the library that's just over here and see those who were serving. And then I've seen him different times down in the cafe after the service being served and people reaching out to him and eating food that some of you have 
even prepared so that they can serve there. Are any of those things registering with you? I've done that. I've tasted some of the things my wife did this weekend, so it's good. Let's go down and check it out. William started attending Alpha, entering into a whole community of ministry members who had prepared, set up the, the room, provided the food, those who had set up the audiovisual equipment, the hosts at the table who welcomed those who came, encouraged them to ask questions about the lesson, and then challenged them how they were going to, how they were going to apply that, that lesson to their personal life. And all along, William has been listening and he's been watching as people have been giving joyfully out of their time and of their efforts and him being accepted and being served so willingly. You know, the Bible says that they may see your good, what? Works. And glorify the Father, glorify God, glorify the Father which is in heaven. And all this led to William desiring to taste and see that the Lord is good. And he crossed the line of faith knowing, based upon the Bible, if he would confess his sins, God would forgive him. And if he put his trust in Jesus Christ, he could have that assurance of eternal life if he should die. These things are written that we might know that we have eternal life. And he made that commitment and has that confidence based upon the word of God. He now had a new hunger for the things of God and what the Bible would, would say. And he heard the announcements read, uh, stated or read in the bulletin, or he saw it on the screen. And all these things have been put together by people behind the scenes. He heard about base one. And so he went to the kiosk where he encountered someone who was help, willing to help him to register for base one. And on January the 24th of this year, he attended base one, where again a whole group of servants had prepared the room, had arranged the food for the break, and cleaned up afterwards. He was given a binder that had notes in it that had been run off and correlated and uh, inserted in the bullet in the in the, in the uh, binder and given to him. And there were ministering members like Daisy Ho or Shirley Campbell, others who do those things behind the scenes. And in the class, he, he encountered three different teachers who shared the gospel message and instruction about baptism, about communion, about membership, how the church is the body, is the body of Christ and how it should be operating according to the Bible. And his application, he signed up for base two in the baptism class. And the next weekend, January the 31st, he was here Sunday morning at 8.45 to attend the baptism class. Then the 11 o'clock service. Then he came back in the afternoon at 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock to take base two. And at the end of base two, when he had been challenged to feed himself spiritually, he signed up to read the Bible, to pray regularly, and to expose himself regularly to the family of God and sign up for a life group. He was contacted by one of our life group leaders who lives in this, his approximate area of where he lives, invited to join their community of faith. 
which he accepted. And so today he's part of the group that's led by George and Lucille Rapetsky. He entered into the community by joining a life group where members of the group are able to help him fulfill decisions that he has made in order that he might grow to be an authentic worshiper. And discovering that there are other people that are in that group that have gone through some of the same experiences that he's been going through. And the following Sunday, he attended the membership class. And on Valentine's Day, February the 14th, William was baptized. And there were the ministry members behind the scene to see that all those things were done and looked after. And on February the 28th, he was received into membership, having been interviewed and prayed for by the elders. And that night, he was at the annual meeting as a participating voting member at Rexdale. What a journey! There are those of you who have given of your finances so that these ministries can happen. There are those of you who have given sacrificially to our Imagine campaign. And if you look at your Imagine campaign, there's less than $300 or $300,000 left to meet the, the pledge that has been made. Haven't mentioned about the prayer groups that meet before the services and during the week. In fact, William doesn't have any family in Canada at this present time. So I didn't mention the children's ministry or the youth ministry. And I look back in my life and it was the Sunday school teachers and it was uh, club leaders and it was youth sponsors that invested their time and their energy to supplement what my parents were doing to bring me to Christ and be a follower of His. And in your bulletin you'll see that what's happening with our, our children's ministry And if this relates to you or could relate to um, others that you know of, we encourage you to pass that along. So if I've mentioned any ministry that you're a part of, and, and right from the entrance of a William down in the back corner, not the front door of the church, right through to where even a couple of weeks ago, 140 plus of you served Easter weekend, served a William. This last Monday, he was at Alliance Men and was served by all those who prepared for that. If any of you along the way line, you said, you know, I do that. I want you to stand, okay? Don't be bashful. Where's the celebration? The worship team, yeah, the worship team stand. You've been an elder. Why are you sitting down? <laughs> Keith, I'm going to pick on you and your wife who works in the, in the, uh, the uh, food pantry and you who've been part, was a major part of our billing program. I want you to stand. Look at the people behind you who've been in the, on the boards. I don't, there's so many of you that are sitting down that you should be standing because you are ministry members. And one of the older members, Miss Sloan, why are you sitting down? I mentioned the executive board. A little bit of discipline, I think, is needed at the next step. <laughs> this is a time to celebrate. And there's so many of you that are still sitting down that I know where you are involved in ministry. 
Anyway, be seated. Let's celebrate with these, though. Let's give these people a hand. I trust that you, are, you will celebrate that God has been using you to minister to people like William. You know, and as I mentioned all of these areas of ministry in William's journey, which one of these ministries, which one of these ministry members are servants of the body here at Rexdale who serve, have been serving as their act of worship was the most important in William's life? Which one? All of you. Some of you don't even know who William is. He's not in the service this morning, is he? I don't think so. But you've been part of it. The first one at the food pantry could have turned him away. The second one could have offended him. And every member doing his or her part is very important for the body as a whole. When the church is working right, there's no place like it. No one person can do it all. But what if it would have taken only possibly one person to offend William? One who didn't carry out their ministry that could have broken the flow of God's Spirit and given a foothold of Satan to take that one little mess up to turn him away from Rexdale and maybe coming to Christ. You know, I just love this church and I'm so proud that not one of you messed up in, in his life, but that you, because of your service, have developed a, even a come and see attitude. And you're sharing with other people, say, just come and experience. Psalm 138 says, Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. The body of Christ, the local church, is fearfully and wonderfully made. How many members of the body were used of God to be part of William's becoming a, in that process of authentic worshiper? All of you. Every one of you is different. Different in looks, different in ability, different in giftedness and age. None of us are the same. We go back to our passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. See how important you are? You add value to Rexdale representing a holy God to people who may want to come in and test, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because you never know when a William will enter into our, your sphere of influence or enter into the, onto the property or even sit beside you. And I'm so proud to be part of the body of believers here that call Rexdale their church home. I've hung around here for nearly 20 years now. And I love every bit of it, and I love every one of you I've gotten to know. Yeah, some of you may not be participating members yet. I just encourage you to check things out. 
talk to others, maybe they're around you that are standing and say, hey, how, how can I be involved? Maybe I've sat in the sidelines long enough. Maybe someone just hasn't tapped me on the shoulder and said, or invited you. Well, let me tap you all on the shoulder right now. Invite you onto the team. Take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee. Take my hands, my feet, my voice, my resources, my abilities to help other Williams find fullness in Christ. You know, when the church is working right, there's no place like it. Let us continue to work together. Praise the Lord. And as you go forth, you'll show the world that He is your everything. And as people even come in here, they'll say, Behold how you love one another. I just want to thank you so much for your service to God, allowing Him to live through you. And I want just to bless you with the joy of serving. Go and serve for His sake. Amen.